You're listening to Almost Cooperstown, the place where near baseball Hall of Famers live, wait, hope, and die. Since 1876, more than 19,000 players have set foot on Major League Baseball fields. There are 235 actual players that have been elected to the Hall of Fame, and we think there's room for a few more. The Hall of Fame is comprised of 333 elected members. Included are 235 former Major Leaguers, 31 Executives, 35 Negro Leaguers, 22 Managers, and 10 Umpires. There are currently 81 living members. I'm Mark, I'm here with my son Gordon, and this is Almost Cooperstown. We're here to kind of discuss and go over all the guys that almost made it into Cooperstown, and a lot of them that we think that should actually be in there, given the extremely low number of elected players that have made it into the Hall of Fame. And so, you know, before we go into uh, some, you know, what this show is really about, we want to just go through what you have to do to actually be eligible for the Hall of Fame. So when you're looking at it is you have to have competed in 10 different seasons. Playing a single game in any season counts towards that. So even if you just played, had one at bat in a season and that was your 10th season, you would qualify for the Hall of Fame in terms of games played. You need to be retired for at least five, five seasons from the last season you played. So if you played up till 2006 and then came back in 2008, it would restart and you would have to wait five years from 2008 until you're eligible. From there, a screening committee then approves a player's worthiness. Most people are given a token appearance on the ballot as long as they just completed the requisite playing time and they were a regular player for most of that time. In order to remain on that ballot, you need to receive at least 5% of the votes in a given year. If you ever fall below 5, you're removed for that, you're falling off the ballot for 16, until 16 years after the retirement. And then you're considered elected only if you receive 75% of all ballots cast in that election. And at that, at that point, you've made it into the Hall of Fame. So what about all the guys that haven't made it into the Hall of Fame? So my dad and I thought that it would be a great idea for us to kind of independently go about and pick a full team of players of guys that aren't in the Hall of Fame that we thought should actually be in there. We decided to keep uh, the steroid guys out of this conversation for the time being. We'll, we'll pick up those guys in a future episode, and then anybody that's associated with that is not going to be included in this round here. Yeah, we just thought that it was easier that way, especially because there's a lot of guys that kind of distort it based on your opinion. If you're saying steroids don't matter, it's just on your career. A guy like Barry Bonds is automatically in because it's a no-doubt. There's too many no-doubters, and it almost makes a list less interesting because of that. So we kind of wanted to look for a bunch of guys that maybe aren't as known. And there's I actually was surprised by some of the guys I found. There was, you know, there's some really interesting people out there that I had never heard of before. Well, and, and we, we kind of cut it off at 1920, meaning that you had to play the book of your career after 1920 in order to be considered. Because there's a bunch of guys that played in the 1880s and the 1890s and all that that have crazy stats, but given the way the game was and whatnot, maybe don't, you know, don't merit Hall of Fame consideration and are where they belong. And then a lot of the guys that were playing, like, right after 1900, we're playing during the dead ball era. So it's really difficult to judge statistics based off of that because it's such a different game. And maybe that's a discussion for another day, but we didn't want to kind of complicate things by bringing in people whose careers you really can't evaluate on the same kind of scale because the game was just physically different almost. A hundred percent. So let's, let's talk about uh, positions and we'll go, we'll each go around the, uh, the field and we'll put up nine guys. It's chances are we may have similar guys. We may not. So I've got backups, you know, that I could consider where it's possible. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some, definitely some positions where there are guys that definitely, you know, were 
just missing out on basically just missing out. So, okay, so you go ahead and why don't you throw out uh, first base? So, unsurprisingly, especially as a New York Mets fan, my first baseman, it, it has to be Keith Hernandez. Like, if you're just looking at his career, he won 11 gold gloves. And he did that while still hitting a, at a career 296 average, which for a first baseman at the time probably wasn't valued as much. But considering he had a career on base of 384, it actually showed that he was able to get on base and affect the game. And when you have a career 60 war in 17 seasons it's pretty good i mean you're putting up just about almost four war game and, four and, war season that's and well you know all of us when keith was playing he was the finest defensive uh fielder uh, at first base in the major leagues and that was something against uh you know the guy in the american league who you know keith won 10 gold gloves and don mattingly won nine so, you know, that, those, those two guys were sort of, you know, co- you know coexisting at a time when, uh, you know, defense was the best it had ever been. And, and you know what? He won an MVP. Like, that's big for me. Like, the fact that he was able to win an MVP, especially as a guy that didn't play in a traditional way that was valued at the time since he wasn't hitting for really any kind of significant power most seasons, that says a lot at how much both his defensive skill and the fact that he had 344 that season was valued. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 how about, uh, did you have a second guy? I did have a second guy. Uh, my second guy was, I actually watched him as a little kid. He played for the New Haven Ravens. It was Todd Helton. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Going way back there. But, I mean, he actually put up the same amount of, almost the same identical war in the same number of seasons as Keith. He played for 17 seasons and put up 60, 61 war. And he had a career 316. Now, Obviously, course factors into that a little bit, but I checked the sp- uh, like home and away splits, and he hit, I think it was a career 286, 286 hitter on the road. So it doesn't show that he was just completely elevating himself because of the stadium. I think it does disservice to him as a hitter to say that he's just a product of playing at Coors. And while he was solid with the glove, he won three gold gloves. I mean, Actually, not- I can't believe that Helton won three gold gloves. I didn't know he was that good a fielder. Uh, but I, I kind of agree. Those Colorado guys have a bias. Larry Walker getting elected this year. That's going to make it easier for good Colorado players. I, I don't know that Troy Tulowitzki will ever have a sniff at the Hall of Fame, but he certainly had a start in Colorado that seemed like it was going that way. Um, I had a, I had another guy uh, that I rated right up there, and I had mentioned him with the nine gold gloves. Uh, also with an MVP himself. Uh, and a career 307 average at first base. And Don Mattingly, um, I don't think was quite as good as Hernandez, but he was damn good. And he deserves an opportunity to, uh, to, I think, be in Cooperstown with Hernandez. So if I put one in, I probably would put the other. So, um, okay. Well, let's go to, um, second base. And, um, I will throw out the first player there. And, uh, he's a guy that I don't think you know much about. Um, and I remember him being a, an excellent ball player. And when I went back and looked at his stats, they were better than, than I thought. A guy named Bobby Gritch. And Bobby Gritch played 17 seasons. Gordon and I are counting seasons where you played 30 games or less as not real seasons. Uh, you played barely a month or about a month at the most, and we don't want that to count. So we're looking to try and have an average war for players at three or higher as sort of a, uh, an underlying, you know, understanding of what makes a good player. Bobby Gritch had 71 war in 
15 seasons, that's way above the number. And as a second baseman, uh, he hit 224 homers. Uh, people didn't do that then. He won five gold gloves. He was a multiple all-star. Uh, you know, just a, a terrific, excellent player and outperformed the people at the position by so much at that time. And I think that was sort of the shift into much better second baseman. So he's my, my pick. So, I mean, you got somebody, he's got a lot of career war, which is impressive. But I have somebody who has more career war. Hmm. Going to Detroit Tigers second baseman, Lou Whitaker. Now, this is not obviously somebody that I watched play, but he amassed 75 war in, by our, by our count, 18 seasons. He won, he only won three gold gloves, wow. so not quite as, as dominant a def- you know, as considered a highly as a defensive second baseman. But he had 244 career home runs. Oh, he played when Bobby Gritch did at the end of, you know, at about the end of Bobby's career, so yeah. Was- yeah so he kind of took over from him from there. But 244 career home runs, so he had still quite a bit of power at that time, too, with a career 276 average. And I think, especially for a second baseman, for him to do all that in, is impressive, especially when you consider his, you know, his middle infield partner, Alan Trammell, is in the Hall of Fame at the same time. And if you look at their career numbers, you, you would argue... They kind of belong in there together. I definitely <laughs> feel that numbers way. numbers are just about as I good. I definitely feel the same way, that they kind of both belong there. One's in the other. Uh, I would give an honorable mention uh, to uh, another former Yankee and a Met manager, uh, Willie Randolph, who I think also sort of, you know, rates pretty highly there, but uh, I would definitely put the other two uh, ahead of that guy. Yeah, yeah. Willie would have been my kind of backup to uh, Lou if I had, you know, if you hadn't picked him as well. So um, what do you got for shortstop? For shortstop? So I actually went deep for this one. This was somebody I had never heard of before we kind of started exploring this whole concept. This be I good. found him. His career stats actually kind of blew me away because you wouldn't have thought that you would have thought that somebody did this at his time. So for shortstop, a guy named Vern Stevens and played back. He played from 41 to 55, mostly with the St. Louis Browns and the Red Sox for most of his career and looked into his offensive statistics. So they're pretty crazy when you think about it. Now, by our metric, he only had 13 eligible seasons. In those 13 eligible seasons, he put up 46 war hit a career 286 with 247 home runs at the shortstop position. He was an eight-time All-Star. I never heard of this guy. I mean, he hit 355 on base, 460 slugging. Like, impressive numbers for this guy. And he put up some amazing stat lines in some seasons. Wow, wow. Um, Now, do you know he played for the St. Louis Browns? Do you know what became of the St. Louis Browns? They moved. They moved. They did. There's two guesses I have. It's either Atlanta and became the Braves or Milwaukee and became the Braves. And you'd be wrong twice. The, the the answer is the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, and so today they are the old St. Louis Browns, uh, actually. Uh, that's a straight-through uh, straight franchise. Um that's great because I, I I had a trouble at shortstop. I I think uh, you know it's a tough position uh, because a lot of time averages and, and stats you know offensively aren't there because the focus for so long was on defense. And I came through a period of time where everybody was a no hit good field shortstop, and the, and the it was just so even Santana who played for our Mets in '86 you know was not a good hitter at all and was a competent fielder that was good enough to get you in the majors. I'd pick um, somebody who had a great career average and not very well liked by his own city, uh, and since the Yankees have gotten some cred here, I'm going to go with Nomar. 
Garcia Parra as my shortstop. And and when you look at Nomar's stats, they're you know they're very good. Three thirteen career average, like I said, hit two twenty nine. Only played twelve years by our standard because he had a twenty four game season um, uh, and a twenty one game season. So that makes it twelve. So his career award forty four is certainly solid, more than three. And and you know maybe his biggest crime was not even being the best shortstop in the American League when Jeter was there and Tejada was there and A Rod was there. And yet he was you know. Every other standard that at that position to perform the way that he did, I think he's undervalued uh, at shortstop. I think that's pretty fair. I I just I don't know. I think the fact that he was so unable to stay on the field, he played for such a short time and struggled to stay on the field so much. I mean, that almost hurts him in a sense. There are a few guys like that that you know you just think, wow, they uh, and we'll, we'll probably uh, come up with one later because I got one in mind as well. Um, I'd also give an honorable mention to a guy you probably have not heard much about or at all is Bert Campanaris, who stole over 600 bases for the A's back in the 1970s, uh, but had a career average uh, that was not very great. So um, that is... I mean, 600 stolen bases is still a lot of stolen bases. Yeah, you know, but it gets you, you know, just short. Uh, 53 career war, career batting average of 259 for Campanaris. There were only, I believe, three guys in the Hall of Fame with career averages under 260. So he's not one of them, obviously, because he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's pretty tough. (laughs) Yeah, 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 but Campy was a pretty good player. So um, how about third base? Um... I'll let you throw the first one because I, I got a guy I like. Uh, I, I got a guy I like. He's a little bit more recent. Uh, killed the Mets, the Phillies, and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, yeah. You, you got to throw Scott Rowland. I mean, guy was an absolute amazing third baseman. He played 17 seasons. Every one of them is over 30. He has you know, 30 games in over every season. One rookie of the year. 70 career war. I mean, he won eight gold gloves. Hit 280 for his career with 316 home runs. I mean... It's hard to vote for guys that kill my team all the time, but yeah, Roland, and and I never liked Chipper Jones either, but he belongs in the Hall of Fame too. Excellence at the position, especially when it's one of the most underrepresented positions in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you look at a guy like this, if you're like, if this guy doesn't belong in there, if he doesn't stand above the majority of third basemen, I don't understand who does. (laughs) So um, I would agree with you, and I think he's far and away in there. Uh, the the guy I'd throw as an alternative was a guy I watched play, uh, Greg Nettles, uh, who also played for the Yankees, also played for the Indians, but uh, most of his uh, damage was done as a Yankee, and just was the, one of the best fielding third basemen. I guess the best I saw in person, because I don't think I saw... I did see Brooks Robinson play in person, so I shouldn't say that. Brooks was pretty good, but Nettles I saw in his prime, and hit home runs, um, terrific third baseman, a career average of 248 is why, you know, even if you chart, start looking at the other stats, you know, your on-base average, you know, your ops and your ops plus and Nettles fares well there just not quite enough so that, honorable mention but not in like, well there's only three guys in there yeah, with yeah. 260 and he's in two below 250 yeah. you know we, you try to look today uh, you know average was always so important when I was was a kid um, and it's not as important today as in, in evaluating a player's success however 248 that's that's just yeah, yeah. that's that's not great so okay um, how about uh, let's see Left left field. Moving into left field. Okay, so I had a guy, and it was this was somebody until I just looked at the compactness of his career, it it just jumps out at you because you think, man, if he'd only been able to just play a few more seasons, his numbers would have been otherworldly. That would be Albert Bell. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, 
only played 12 seasons, but you have to throw out one of them because he played nine games in 1990. Uh, I mean, so in, so you're looking at 11 seasons, he put up 40 war. He hit 295 for his career and hit 380 home runs in just those 11 seasons. That's, that's right. If it's, if it's 10 years is, is the qualification point and you did that and you played and you were excellent, it shouldn't be, well, you should have played 15 years. You know, I feel like, you know, if that's the qualification, the guy was excellent and he had a sustained period of, of excellence oh, there. Of, of incredible stats. I mean, I think what's more impressive is that he wasn't just, uh, you know, he had 357 in 1994. It's pretty good. You know, Jay Jaffe, uh, I read a lot of his stuff on uh, the case for Cooperstown and whatnot. He, uh, he's the guy that came up with the whole Jaws thing. Um, he, he says that you should have seven years of, of continued excellence. And boy, Albert Bell, you know, definitely you know, did that. So uh, I'd agree with you. I think that's a great call because he's not a guy that comes uh, to mind for a lot of people first. Um, he was kind of a surly guy, so maybe people don't like him because he wasn't so nice. Another guy who's a nice guy, who I think a little underappreciated, I think should be there, is Lance Burke. Um, and, you know, you kind of look at Lance's career and you think, wow, he was, you know, he was around for a while. He played a lot of years. Um, yeah, he, he trailed on at the end for a while because I remember him on those Ranger teams, right? Right, and he, and he played a lot. But he, you know, he played, you know, didn't have a season where he played less than 30 games, which is kind of interesting, which hurts him a little bit. You know, 15 career years ending in 2013. I'm surprised it's that few. I would have thought it would have been more for some reason. Yeah, and he had 50, because he didn't come up, in, well, he came up when he was 23. Um, 52 career war, so by our standards, you know, easy. But the, the consistency there, that at 293 for his career, 366 homers. Um, he stole, well, he only stole 86 bases, 1,200 RBIs. You know, Ops career over 400, on base over 400, Ops at 943, Ops plus at 144. Those are big numbers. 366? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, you know... He wasn't a great fielder, and so we, we tend to look at the gold gloves, and there aren't any, but he was in the conversation for MVP every year, and, and by the way, Albert Bell was not a great fielder either. I mean, you, know, you could argue that it just, he was more of a butcher than a, than a numbers, Bell, a little bit better. He has better numbers in a shorter period of time. Yeah. That's why it's tough to get into Cooperstown. Yeah. You know, like I said, we, we, we feel there's 333 guys that are people that are in there all together even. And, you know, we can have a few more. There are 19,000 people that have played Major well, League Baseball. Like 1% yeah, of guys yeah. Are in there. Well, almost like, like by 200 players yeah. or so. So, yeah, you know, a little bit more than 1%. We can afford a few more guys in there. So, uh, how about you, center fielder? Center fielder, interestingly, another Cardinal. Uh, but I mean, when I looked at this guy's career's numbers, it just surprised me by how good they were because I didn't realize he was this good for that long. That would be Jim Edmonds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you throw out that his his initial call up where he played eighteen games, where he came up with the uh, the Angels. So he played sixteen seasons, sixty career WAR. I mean. Hit 280 with 393 home runs and eight gold gloves. Yeah. I mean, he was an unbelievable. He was a highlight reel watching yeah. him play. Just, and he played for a lot of really good teams. I mean, teams that went into the playoffs and he contributed to them. He was like a very, you know, active postseason player. I think it was even a pretty good one. Yeah. Especially for those Cardinal teams, you know, from all from 2000 till 2007, he was on those teams and he was great for that. Fun, fun player to watch too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I would I would throw out um, a couple of guys came to mind, and I think he's been underappreciated. Is Kenny Lofton, mm-hmm. uh, the former basketball player turned baseball player, and just had a really long career. I think is the most impressive thing because he had seventeen well seventeen total seasons, sixteen by our count. Career war of uh, sixty eight. So you know that's, that's just off the charts. In six hundred twenty two steals, career average of two ninety nine. And he has gold gloves, you know. Yeah, he, I mean, he, it's not a port. That's not somebody that had no glove. He, he had three gold gloves. So you know, he had three things he did really well. He was an excellent fielder. You know, he stole bases and he hit for a high average. And he had a good on base. So I, I, I think he really belongs in, in the Hall of Fame. Um, okay, we'll come around to right field. So right field, I actually was surprised when I went and found this guy. So he started his career back in '66, but his first real season was '67. And then he just went on to put on a tear of seasons that are actually very impressive. And that's Reggie Smith. Oh, Reggie Smith. I, I really was like, he was a terrific player when I watched yeah. him, you know, when one, I was a kid. A gold glove. Only one, though. But he did manage to win one. So, you know, that I mean, to me, that means he was at least a solid defender for the majority of his career. Cardinals and Red Sox, right? Uh, Red Sox were his beginning of the career. Played a couple seasons for the Cardinals, but actually finished the last bunch of seasons with the, with the Dodgers. Dodgers. Right, right, right. Other than a throwaway season. Well, not really a throwaway, but his final season with the Giants in 82. But, I mean, the guy just put up, you know, career 287 average, 314 homers, 64 career war in just 16 seasons. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he you know... He belongs there. He belongs there. <laughs> I mean, he was a very, I mean, but that's the problem. He's a very, very good player, and he, he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, I think he should be, and I think this guy should be, too. This I don't understand how he's not in the Hall of Fame. And he played for the Red Sox, uh, Dwight Evans. Um, you know, forget about anything. I remember when I watched Dwight Evans play, the guy just had a cannon for an arm. Just <laughs> ridiculous arm. Uh, but his career 67 war in a career that ended in 1991, uh, that spanned 20 years, only one of which we'd throw out, still averaging f- almost four war a season. Uh, his, uh, you know, 385 home runs. The only knock against him, I say he hit 272, but, you know, he did everything else really well. Obviously, as a fielder, on base at 370, slug 470, opposite 840. Um, this guy was consistent for a really, really long time. Belongs in the Hall of Fame, I think. So, I mean, I got one more to throw out there because okay. I just think he deserves to be mentioned. Another Mets killer, both against them and with them for that god-awful final season in 2014. That'd be Bobby Abreu. Uh. Yeah, that was a dark year. But, uh, I mean, put up 60 war in 18 seasons, uh, 17 by hour. Wow, wow. I mean, that's pretty good. He had 290 with 288 career home runs with 395 on base. Was not a great fielder. But he did win a gold glove. And he stole some bases, right? Stole 400 for his career. That's that's not an insignificant number. No, that does does matter a lot. And, you know, he he stole a good number of them for a lot. Better than I thought. Again, another guy who beat my team up, so I probably devalue him a little bit because of that. Suppressed those years. Yeah, yeah. Try not to do that. I, I would have gone for a guy you didn't see play called Tony Oliva. Uh, Tony O, you know, had knee surgeries, but he won multiple batting titles, but he just didn't have enough aggregate stats to be, you know, considered a Hall of Fame, even though his 10 or 11 year period, I think it was only that, was almost, you know, ridiculous. You know, it was, it was that good. Just does not enough to sort of kick him over, unfortunately. So, okay, at catcher, 
uh, I'll, I'll let you, well, you know, I'll go first to cash it. So you I'm going to pick another Yankee. Um, and actually the crazy thing is I have two Yankees. Um, Thurman Munson, you know, again, short career, just like we were talking about, and maybe a catcher, we give him a little bit more slack because it's so, you know, debilitating that playing shorter at catcher career, I should say, is, uh, maybe more likely. Uh, just, you know, the, the, the guy who did everything, you know, solid hitter, uh, fantastic fielder, gold glover, uh, you know, really missed the fact that he didn't get to finish his career, uh, on the field. Uh, you know, he probably had another four or five years of highly productive play. I mean, yeah, he was actually my choice as well. Okay. He also won an MVP. Yep. One rookie of the year. It's, I mean, when you look at his, the career he amassed, especially from the position at catcher, and you have to be judgmental against their peers, it's not fair to compare a catcher stats to a left fielder stats because there's just different things expected of them on the field. And that's a great point because at that time, you know, offense at catcher was much lower than it became when you started getting guys like Piazza playing and, and Pudge Rodriguez or whatnot. You know, their, their offensive stars at catcher were not that many. You had your Johnny Benches and you had a Gary they Carter were the, here. They were the exceptions. They were the, the exceptions. Rule. Most of the catches were just were sort of like a little like the shortstops I talked about and, before. And, and so the fact that he was as good a defender right. as he was on top of being as good an offensive player as he was, I think that's why you have to kind of just argue that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, and the reason that the other guy, and I didn't particularly care for this player, but his career stats are really, really good, uh, at particularly when you look at him as a catcher, and he played for the Yankees, uh, and that's Posada. You know, you hit 275 home runs as a catcher and you bat 273. Okay, already you've got peoples because people, catchers don't do that very much. No, they don't. Um, that many home runs. So I don't know what Brian McCann's done for his career uh, at this point. Maybe we'll we'll look that up and throw that later. But you know his career WAR forty two seven, not that great over what is going to be a fifteen year career. Um, and if you by our count, it's it's right, it's seventeen minus two, so he's got fifteen seasons. So that's actually below the three level. Um, so I, I I give a little more slack to catchers. Uh, on career war stats uh, and things. Also, of the- I wonder how much playing DH for those last few years kind of hurt him in terms of his ability to amass war. That's an interesting point, and, and you're right. He did DH quite a bit late in his career. Anyway, I wouldn't vote him. I, Munson, you know, higher over but him. Munson, just because he was... As he still hit, he hit for a better average, and he was a far superior defender. Let's not pretend. Absolutely. All right, so let's finish up with the pitchers. For the pitcher, all right, who do you got? Uh, well, my number one pick uh, is going to be Schilling. Yeah, you probably you picked Schilling yourself. You no, know. I, I didn't. It's just, I mean... Another Red Sox, too. Don't love the guy, but he was yeah. a fantastic yeah, pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and of all the guys, I think Schilling, you know, with his career stats, are just like, okay, why is this guy not in there already? So um, I don't even have to read them, but, you know, over 200 wins, uh, the strikeouts, the, the, the whip, the every every pitching stat you could come up with, this guy is near the top. So, um, you know, far and away, I think he is uh, somebody that should be in there. It's something that you mean kind of as, as something that you really can't factor in, but is a factor. Do you think about him? He was part of some indelible baseball moments, and you almost feel like that kind of gives him an edge in that respect. Like the bloody sock game is is part of baseball. Yeah, it's called the Hall of Fame. I mean, you do famous stuff sometimes. It, like, it should count. That, guy that, that was part of big famous moments. That should be that that would, you're performing on the biggest stage. As much as it's an intangible factor, that is an intangible factor because 
part of that is being good enough to be able to be there and present in that moment and then be able to make those kinds of big plays or big performances. By the way, you know, and we won't get into it here, but, you know, you talk about somebody who's one play made, maybe put in the Hall of Fame, and I'd say Mazeroski of the Pirates, by hitting the home run in the 1960 World Series, got into the Hall of Fame on that one play. Was a very good ball player, but, uh, you know, we're not talking about taking guys out today. Maybe we'll save that for some other time as to who might come out. So my pitcher... It's actually somebody who I watched as a kid, a little bit older in terms of, you know, when his career was, and more as I, when I was an actual kid, you know, but Kevin Brown. He's another guy nobody liked. And, yeah, no, no, <laughs> nobody liked Kevin Brown, but nobody liked facing Kevin Brown either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at him for, you know... He had that slider that just, you know, he you knew it was coming, you still couldn't hit it. I mean, 17, we're, we're kind of, I'm really giving him 17 seasons because I'm throwing out, you know, he came up through a game and then four games his first two years, technically. But so that's 1767 career war. I mean, uh, what impressed me is the 1.222 whip. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that means he was, he was, I think he had less than 900 walks and like three, four, 3,200. He was a stingy pitcher. <laughs> I mean, that's given up nobody on base. He yeah. struck out 2,400 guys, basically. It seems like every game he pitched and I watched him was two to one. Yeah. Won two ARA titles. And I think what's unfortunate is he finished near the top of the side a whole bunch of times and he just never got one. Which, yeah, which is rough, but he also played for some terrible Rangers. The Rangers were not very good, but you know, then he got on the championship Marlins team, uh, and I think he pitched in the series um, for the for the Padres. Yeah, ninety eight. So yeah, yeah, he's um, I I just didn't like that guy, another guy. But again, this is this is why we're we're looking at this objectively as much as possible. We've got Yankees in there, we've got Red Sox, and we've got guys we don't like because if they belong there, then that's what we're saying. You know that there should be a few more guys. Uh, that uh, they should be out of um, almost Cooperstown. They should be in Cooperstown. Yeah, they belong in. That's it for this episode of Almost Cooperstown. If you'd like to join the conversation, visit us at almostcooperstown.com.